0: 3HL, 104.5, The Zone. We've got tons of Titans news to talk about with regard to the stadium, and we've got tons of information. At least we have thoughts on what we think should happen over there. Uh, but first, we've got to keep you safe. Uh, so before we get into all the intros, Don Davenport's here. Ron Slay's here. Um, producer Joe Hunk is there. We've got Will from Nashville. Severe weather uh, on the line. And, and Will, i got to tell you, Don's uh, anxious. Her anxiety level's high.
1: Off the charts.
0: What What's going on with this weather situation? First,
2: first thing I can tell you, Dawn, be prepared, not scared. Make sure some devices are charged. <laughs> Make sure you've got a NOAA weather radio. A few ways to get weather information. But what we're really concerned with this afternoon: two things, uh, a somewhat significant straight line wind threat, and a not much significance uh, tornado threat. Okay. we were uh, looking a lot better for possible tornadoes uh, overnight last night and and this morning we've received some better information now looks like that tornado threat has shifted well to our southwest not that it can't happen but likelihood has gone down more than anything it's about straight line winds this afternoon and this evening uh, we've received non-thunderstorm related gusts at the airport in the mid 40s uh we think that 60 plus mile an hour winds are possible this afternoon and this evening that main line getting to about the 65 corridor uh somewhere between 4 and 5 p.m. of course if you're east of that a little bit later if you're west of that a little bit before uh, so strap down anything you've got on your patio you don't want your uh, you don't want your cushions winding up in your neighbor's yard
0: well, so I guess uh, the obvious question for people that, that might not keep up uh, with, with weather uh, like you guys do, um, do w- what is the concern with straight-line winds? How is that different than tornadic activity? So straight-line winds can can be every bit as
2: damaging as a low-end tornado. It can still bring down uh, tree limbs. It can still cause power outages. Uh, it can still do damage to structures, uh, you know, roof shingles, outbuildings. Uh, not the destructive power that you see in a in a rotating mesocyclone like a tornado, uh, but in a uh, in, in a very real and practical sense, it can do just as much damage. Not you know blown over your grill, fences, uh, stuff that's unsecured outside. Uh, there's also you know going to be really intense rain, uh, sheeting rain, frequent lightning. Uh, so all the bad things we don't like to see that make don anxious uh this afternoon um, but as long as you've got some good good info uh then hopefully you can make some good decisions well you didn't say blow over my grill did you <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, 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 I swear exciting. yeah i hey. huh. Maybe not, maybe not Slay's Grill. <laughs> yeah, all right. All I right. was just checking. Okay. <laughs> was just checking. Okay. okay. <laughs> the, <laughs> the 189 from Home Depot I have on my back desk, Yeah, that's I in
0: trouble. Yeah.
2: <laughs> laugh that thing around.
0: Will from Nashville Severe Weather. It uh, must follow at NASH Severe WX on Twitter. Thank you, Will. Appreciate the update, brother. You got it, guys. Thanks a bunch. Thanks. All right. So, intro in the show. Number one, stay safe out there. Please. Be weather aware. Pretty please. Uh, Brent Doherty. Don Davenport. Hey, Don. Hi. And then we got this guy, Ron Slay. I'm in the building. I'm in the building.
3: Hmm.
4: Hmm. Hmm. Are you in the building? I'm most definitely in the building. And in the building safe where
0: a lot of other people need to try to get to. Yeah, man. If you're out and about, uh, head on swivel today. Now, again, Will said not... As concerned about tornadic activity, not ruling it out, but not as concerned in the Nashville area, Middle Tennessee. But straight line winds, They could blow over just about anything, but Slay's Grill. That's what we learned. Don't blow my grill over. Don't blow my grill over.
1: <laughs> Slay was like, whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Yeah, make sure. Hang on. Um, nervous.
1: Speaking of in the building.
0: Might be a new building. Yes. A new I, in the building? I, I'll tell you this. The story came out about 2 o'clock um and Nate Rao had it um what 's the name of that site axios axios yes, yes. axios good, good job by Nate Rao uh getting that out there um so yeah we we talked about um the the renovations that they were working on um idea wise to Nissan Stadium that people would be excited about. Um, so a feasibility study is the way I understand it, um, it is how you start plans like that, right? Like big, big plans. You get a feasibility study. If you're building a house, same, same type of thing. Um, so then, you know, it, your construction guy starts to, uh, to bid up jobs and then, then you get more of a hard cost idea of what's going to happen. So if you, and, and I'm just guessing on this part of it, but if you think back, cause you're trying to figure out how did it go from 600 million to like 1.1 million? Or 1.1 1. Right. 1, 1. 1 billion. Sorry. It's a lot more than 1.1 1. 1 million. So you start to think about how do you go from that? Like, how is there that big a jump? And all I can think, guys, is when that thing was built, everything I heard about it at the time was, this thing is, is being built to get the NFL here. Like, you've got you've got Bridgestone Arena. They're trying to get a hockey team or an NBA team. And for those that don't know, when Bridgestone Arena was built, if you go into the bowels of the Bridgestone Arena, that's where you done.
1: Thanks.
0: There is <laughs> the an there is an open space with a huge roof where concerts that are about like bands that are about to get go on tour will have like little shows in there to kind of rehearse, warm so. up. Yeah, that was built as an indoor basketball practice facility.
4: Hey, you blew my mind when you told me that. I never knew that.
0: Yeah, and so. They were trying to get an NBA team. So so go back to like the late 90s where Nashville's trying to get an NBA or an NHL team, and then here comes Bud Adams. Like, it makes more sense to go to Baltimore, but I really like Nashville. Do y'all want an NFL team? And Phil Bress is like, hey, let's go. Sure. And so that stadium was built cheaply and fast, right? So my only thought is maybe they get to dig in, and they're like, hey, man, this – and and rep Bryan talked about, it, Nate Ral talked about. it. I think this part is definitely true, is that I, I think the way that it was put in the story was it was built in with concrete, not steel. Mm-hmm. And I think they're
1: because it's twenty five years old.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot more that goes along with that than just that that simple of an explanation. But um, that's definitely true. So I think once you start to to think, oh man, we got to redo the infrastructure of this building before we do what we the lipstick on the pig thing then, you know, that could drive the cost way up.
1: Well, it's also, it's it's on a much lesser version, you see some of these old homes that are just torn down. So people pay, you know, now in Nashville, especially in this area, you pay for that home, but really you're just paying for the lot. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to redo the bones of a home, you might as well just tear it all down and build a brand new one. And that's, I think, the what what you come to with this stadium because... There's so much that has changed nowadays, and, and I think it was in the article talking about the windows, like, they don't even make those windows anymore, so you couldn't even, like, upgrade that to, like, a better version or something. They, they don't amazing. exist anymore. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's where you are. So, uh, you know, I just, uh, we did some digging before the show. We're like, okay, where, like, if you build a new stadium, where are you going to put it? Right. So we went to Google Earth and looked at the Google images of that site and I'll be damned if there's not a perfect place to put that damn new stadium. And where What's might it? that be? In the parking lot between the building and the highway on you the think. east side. You think that was
4: done on purpose?
0: I, th- If you build a stadium cheaply and, cl- and quickly, you probably aren't thinking about the next lease, mm. right? So I don't know. I mean, if you look at, at the Google map of, of the location, you'll see exactly where you could put a stadium. So it's almost like it it was designed that way. I don't don't know. But what's cool about that is if they do put it in, number one, you'll have parking issues for a minute while they're building this thing. Um,
1: Because you can do it while you're still playing in the current stadium is what you're saying.
0: Right. And you know the city wants to redo like, the east bank right there right like i mean that's been
1: talked about and put big
0: buildings there and all this stuff and and not
4: only right there but stretched all the way down there all past top golf and everything
0: so if i'm the city like i know that this is being presented as like this is a thought now because the cost is what the cost is and it's not that far apart from like a new build cost as well and so like what's best for the city for the next 30 years and all those things um we'll get to the funding in a second but um,
1: <laughs> that's if you're the one.
0: city. Don't you want this done now? Like because if you put it in like lot A, B, whatever, like those east lots between where the stadium is now and the and the road and the highway, highway or interstate? Like what do they say in L. A. Highway out there? Interstate. interstate. Freeway. freeway. Yeah. Why did I say oh, highway? Freeway. Yeah. Why did I freeway say highway? highway? I don't know. You've been out there. I heard you call me Brent on the show the other day. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of weird things going on. That was an accident. I don't Don't dare. Don't you dare! I called you Ron to
1: somebody the other day, like somebody was, and I and I was like Ron. Who the How dare you?
0: How dare that? Accidentally said Sylvester. (laughs) Silly.
1: Sylvester. Uh Um.
0: But (laughs) so, if you're the city, you want that done now, (laughs) right? Like so. That's why I think. Like I know this is being presented as a thought, but this has to happen, right? Like this makes too much sense. What
1: a brand new, brand new as opposed to renovation. Yeah. yeah, so especially now. And and this might not play into it cuz it's expensive regardless, but on top of it, I mean, your your building costs are ridiculously high right now. Like we talk lumber, we talk steel, we talk uh labor, all of it right now and inflation and everything that's going on is high. Like you you might as well build something that you can dome. Have a roof. I think
0: you have to dome it. And
1: then you have, if no you're roof. building a new
0: one. Oh, you have to have a roof. You got to have a roof, huh.
1: Slay. Well, you got to have gotta retractable a retractable roof. roof? On you. Maybe you
0: retract it. Maybe you retract it. It you not be
1: retractable roof. <laughs> so then you yes. don't
0: have a roof. So we can take <laughs> the roof off. Yeah. So sometimes,
1: sometimes. we can
4: You know, somebody no asked roof? me, man, what, what, uh, we'll go here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you squirrel
1: Was that start. a squirrel moment?
4: A little bit because somebody asked me like, what does it mean? Like to not have a roof. Like what do you mean about it? That means
1: like you're out of control. It's
4: out of control. Like it's all the excitement can't be held. Down. You can't bog it down. You got to take the roof off. That's I right.
1: present Exhibit A of Ronald's investors. Ma- I am the I am the no is roof. There is no roof <laughs>
0: is over it. there. There's no roof over here. Yeah. Um, um, real real um, quick, <laughs> real quick. So if it's 1.1 ish billion mm-hmm. dollars to refurbish to lipstick the pig, right? right. Like if it's 1.3 billion. billion for a new stadium, maybe 2 billion with a roof on a stadium. Vegas just built one for 2 billion. Um, maybe you go fewer seats. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think this would be – this would be a Nashville project. Like, what makes sense for Nashville? Not, like, the biggest thing out there. Like, the newest, right. biggest thing out there.
1: It's not going to be a $5 billion no. SoFi stadium. No, but
0: mm-hmm. they'll be able to do it the way they want to do it. And, you know, we'll have to talk about PC- PSLs. We'll have to talk about mm. funding. You know, from what I hear from get-go, the idea for all of this is to do it without taxpayer dollars. So, um, you know, they're going to build – But if you're
1: talking $2 billion at this point yeah. – are you going to be able to do that?
0: I don't know. You're, you're going to you be able to so. put up buildings that don't, don't exist. So there's property taxes, there's sales taxes, things like that. So people so way smarter than me great, will figure all that out.
1: But how do you fund it on the front end? Something we that, need to
0: talk about. Question. Yeah. Um, and we will hey, do real it. Real
1: quick, though, just to, to tie into the you talking about go look at the Google map, Ramon texted us and said that's exactly what Pittsburgh did with three rivers to Heinz Field. They built on the parking lot, then blew it up and turned it into parking they did it for the braves back in the day remember mm. um i think turner was it Fair. kansas yeah. yeah turner kansas city i think did it um was that baseball i can't remember but remember they were constructing and then that way you can still play in a stadium and anyway yep. so we'll, we'll there's get to, a bunch
0: we'll get to all of it we have a long show today when we come back we're going to talk about a national story that's out there merle code will join us he is a former basketball middleman he will talk about the underbelly of the basketball uh, world uh, that he experienced, uh, and he experienced it as a young man, and built this business. And he's going to prison tomorrow, federal prison tomorrow. Wow. Yes. So we'll talk with Merle Code about uh, the shoe companies and what is now co- head coaches that are out there
4: out of control. Nil.
0: Nil. A lot of things. Monies that were flowing. Yeah. From universities, to shoe companies, to kids. And, and why is it him that is going to jail? And coaches are still standing on the sideline with lifetime contracts.
4: Besides assistant coaches. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. yes, that's
0: true. All right, moral Code next. You'll find this very interesting. So will we. On 104.5 The Zone. <laughs> 3HL 104.5 The Zone. I'm always going to let that. Let no, that breathe. Just a little bit. Yeah, breathe. Please let word. that breathe. Um, so uh, for a long time, um, th- there was this uh, underbelly in the college basketball world where you had shoe companies and schools and kids and middlemen and all these things working well together. And then the Justice Department decided they wanted to go after some people. Um, and one of those guys that got caught up in this is a guy named Merle code who joins us now. And you can watch the show on zone TV, Twitter, Facebook, live YouTube, and Twitch, Twitch, please. and Merle is right there. Merle, what's up? How are you? I'm good.
5: How are you guys doing?
0: We're doing well, man. uh, on the front end, appreciate the time, bro. Uh, I know you've got a lot going on obviously, and, and, uh, some uneasy times ahead, but, uh, we, we appreciate you taking the time for us to, to tell your story. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me Yep, Merle's got a new book You need to look it up right now Go ahead and order it Black Market, An Insider's Journey Into the High Stakes World of College Basketball Slay sent us a copy um, uh, Don and I a copy And uh, phenomenal Can't wait to get through it, Merle Um, And again, appreciate you uh, taking the time to hop on So you are headed Let's start with this You are headed, for those that don't know You're headed to federal prison
5: When?
4: Tomorrow morning Tomorrow morning and you go into prison for what now is um, nil allow, deals
5: allowed? Allow, what's now allowed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting part about this man is that I get charged with a federal crime. There's been no federal legislation to change anything, but now what exact what we did or what I was charged charge with is now allowed.
0: It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the craziest thing ever, man. So, Merle, I pulled up justice.gov's uh, story about about you getting convicted, and in the wording here is is unbelievable to me um u.s attorney's office announces conviction of christian dawkins and Merle code for bribing ncaa division one men's college basketball coaches let me start there the coaches were coming to you because they wanted your help to provide (laughs) players to them how can you defraud someone where you're giving them services that they have requested that's that was
5: the that's the juxtaposition that we find ourselves in, right? It's not possible. It's not logical. But when you find yourself in the courtroom and then you say, wait a minute, this isn't a fair fight because those same requests that were made via text message or via wiretap phone call were suppressed. The jury never heard. them. Mm -hmm. And so when the judge says, hey, man, you're not going to talk about poor black kids in our courtroom and you suppress all the evidence that's beneficial to me, um yeah you can convict me of anything if i don't get to tell my side of the story and then not only that guys they prohibited us from calling the very people who asked to the stand so we couldn't call the coaches or the athletic directors to the stand who were asking for the help they called the compliance people that we've never met never had any interaction with and we got convicted by compliance people
1: well the compliance people are the ones that know the least about (laughs) what's going on on purpose right (laughs)
4: Exactly. And then you, you 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 got that you got that Merle. Now what I what I need to know is with without these people <laughs> being able to be called and a wiretap that was out there placed on them by the government, <laughs> they still get to say after and we'll take Will Wade for instance at LSU. <laughs> strong ass world, strong ass strong offer. Ass offer. Yeah. Like and it, I mean it can't get no more blatant than this. But he's right. from right here in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> And this man told the NCAA and everybody else that's listening, hey, man, I'm not taking a suspension. I'm not taking a leave of absence. I'm not taking no pay. I'm not stepping
5: down, and I'll be here tomorrow. Take that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and that's okay? Well, it's okay because he doesn't look like me. Mm -hmm. And it's okay because he has the power of the university behind him. Yeah. And he's making $3, $4, $5 million a year so he can afford to pay these lawyers. Yeah. I don't make that kind of money. Right. I don't have. Power of a university behind me. Hell, I didn't even have the power of the company that asked me to do this shit behind me. Stuff. Yup. Stuff. I'm sorry. Now <laughs> you <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a run of uh,
0: profanity on our show <laughs> lately. We're no, we got to dump that. It's, <laughs> it's all
5: good. Uh, so hey, so yeah, when you when you get into the economics of it and who can afford to do what and who's got uh, some some high profile people behind them, you really get to the, to to what this really is, man. And this was their attempt to to protect those white head coaches and then throw these black assistant coaches and those guys of us who were doing our jobs to the wolves and, and convict us and, and criminalize what they can't control.
4: And that's what I was going to say. You got guys like Chuck Person, yeah. Tony Bland, all yeah. you guys taking the raps for it. But then you got Sean Miller at the, at the podium and they asked him and he had like, all of a sudden he went deaf and, yeah. they, and he well, couldn't know. They, they
5: actually said he and Wilson, they didn't know Christian. And then yeah, so if you so watch the game, the <laughs> they play the phone calls.
4: That's amazing, man. Yeah.
0: You don't know the guys you're talking to on the phone on these FBI wiretaps, huh? It's like Sammy Sosa. You're just that comfortable. <laughs> you just talking to people. Well, well, then so Merle, and then you see like Bill Self gets a lifetime contract at Kansas and, and you're headed to prison.
5: Yeah. That's how it works, man. Um the way that this game works is white coaches get get protection and, and black guys get to go to jail.
4: Okay, so let me ask you this. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Let me ask you this. So let's get to the essence. Of this, I I know where I I stand on AAU. I played it, Amateur Athletic Union, is what I was a part of. Yeah, Yeah. I was, I I was in it. You know, and I remember. Um, Coach Fitzgerald being involved, a local legend here, and we had a really good team at the time. We were undiscovered at the time, you know. We down here in the south and outside of Memphis, a lot of people didn't know we existed. So <laughs> we right here, we going to Kroger, we doing French fries, we doing car washes, we doing all this all the way leading up to where we got to still go practice. This is the summer now, spring going into the summer, we still got to do all this just to get enough to get ready to try to go to Las Vegas Big Time Tournament. At that time, it was sponsored by Adidas. Mind you, we got the number one high school player in football on our team, um, top 15 in basketball. We got Trent Hassel, who a lot of people know, Marcus Mabin, who a lot of people know. Like yeah, yeah, we got some guys on our team. These guys went on to have really good careers, yep. you know, and I was on the younger team. But we out there doing this, knowing that we can call on a person and say, hey, man, is it any way possible that you could give us uh, an extra – three or $4,000 and that right there was a stretch. So you telling me the amateurs in college Mm -hmm. after going out there where your coaches paid six to $7 million, you play in the game, you charter the flight, you get, you get everything catered. Then when soon as you step away from the campus and go back to your dorm, we're trying to figure out, Hey man, you got $10, you got $5. Hey man, we got to go get something to
5: eat. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. amateur too. Ron, what you, you said it, man what you what you experienced at the at the AU level you got to wash cars and sell hot dog plates and donuts right. and grill- that's amateur sports right to afford to, to, to afford your uniforms and bus trips and plane trips that's amateur sports. Amateur sports is not when you have five hundred and fifty million dollars of dead coaching money when guys who've been fired are getting paid those salaries. It's not amateur sports when you when you can allow DraftKings and all these betting and gambling sites because you have licensing and marketing deals. Your coaches are making five to ten million dollars a year. you got two hundred million dollars in campus and facility upgrades. You know, that's not amateur sports.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: So until the government comes in, you know, and, and legislatively says, listen, y'all got to stop this. Stop it. Yeah, because it's, it's indentured servitude. and it's the only business entity that exists like that in the entire country, in a, in a so-called capitalist society. So Merle
0: Co joins us. He's got a book, Black Market, an insider's journey into the high stakes world of college basketball. You need to pick that up. So explain, Merle, if you can, like how did this all work? So you worked for shoe companies. You developed relationships with mm-hmm. players. The coaches know this, so they come to you trying to get you to steer
5: players toward them. Yes. So so here's here's how it works, man. And you're 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 hitting it on the head. OK. A, li- a little more detail and, and I'll provide a little more color to it. Yeah. Yeah. So the rules and regulations as they as they existed at the time, there was limited interaction periods between coaches, coaching staffs and and pers- prospects. Yes. They can only they can only contact them during certain periods via phone or FaceTime or certain times of the year where they could visit. Well, because I don't operate in that same window, I can call that kid every day of the week. I can text him you know, every day of the week. I can go see him. I can send him product. I can do all kinds of stuff from a shoe perspective because that's my job. My job is to acquire the best talent and the best assets um, for the company. That's my job. And so what happens is because you have three, four, five years sometimes with some of these young men and their families, you become an in- influential component of their decision-making process because they know you, they trust you. You've been around, you know, the highs and lows, you know, when mom and dad were on the verge of splitting up, Mm -hmm. like, you know, all of those things because you've been an integral part of that family, you know, dynamic. And so the coaches don't have that same kind of relationship with the kid and his family, so they want to get to somebody who does. Mm -hmm. And because there's a $200 million relationship between the company that you work for and their university, they're going to ask for that assistance. And so doing my job, I'm supposed to provide that assistance. That's the job. And so, yes, it's a bit ridiculous to then turn around and say, well, from the government perspective, yeah, but all y'all was supposed to do was give them T-shirts and tennis shoes. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that that that
0: don't that don't sound right. This this, this blows my mind that you're, you're in this position, especially as Slay said earlier, that NIL has has made all of this legal. So like the 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 thought should be right, like that your Senate should be overturned. Mm-hmm.
5: You would think, but again, when you when when you go through a court system where you know where white judges make decisions and their friends are the ones that are in appellate courts, that's not going to happen.
4: Now, let me ask you this, Merrill. You also were painted as, um, <laughs> what, what time did they come to your door and knock on your door?
5: Oh, it was six, six 6.30ish 6. in the morning, and, something like that. And
4: how did they approach
5: your door? They were banging on their door, but they surrounded my house. It was 15 to 17 of them with their guns and bulletproof vests and uh, cars lined up and down my street uh, with the lights flashing.
0: I mean, they were full full tactical gear. Now, let, let me... Full tactical gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, now, uh, for uh, a, a college basketball conduit.
4: Yeah. Now, I need to know, also, <sighs> tell me this quickly, Merle. How many laws did you break? None. Zero laws broken?
0: None. I mean, like... Uh, <laughs> the thing about it is, and... and Murrow, we're, we're friends with Dan Wetzel. We have mm-hmm. Wetzel on all the time. We love that guy. Yeah, he's he's awesome, guy. and I know great that you guy. did his podcast with Pat Forty, and, and it was yeah. really interesting. Um, and he he told us that he was in your courtroom every day, and what? He was. And there are several things that that blow me away about this whole thing. But if if I want to find out what really happened, and all of this was framed, you know, that they were going after these coaches and all this stuff. I would want all of the testimony that Mm -hmm. I could get. I would want all of the wiretaps that I could get. I would want to read all of the text messages that I could read. And none of that was allowed.
5: No. What happened, and here's what I honestly think happened, guys. I think they thought they were doing the schools a service. Mm. Um, And then when they started digging into it, finding out the schools were actually complicit. It was like, uh uh-oh we can't allow this into the courtroom because we're going to be the ones to bring these schools, all kinds of issues. It was, the, there was an interesting moment in the courtroom where I believe it was either my father or Steve Haney, one of our attorneys, as I told you guys earlier, they wouldn't allow us to call the coaching staffs um, or athletic directors to the stand. So they brought in the, the, the compliance folks. So the mm. compliance guy, I believe from Louisville was on the stand. And one of the, one of the, one of our lawyers said, so tell us when you call the government, to tell, tell the government that you've been defrauded. <laughs> objection from every lawyer on the government side. <laughs> wow. And the, judge, and the judge quickly sustained the objection. Wow. And it's because that's not what happened. Louisville never called the government. Kansas never called the government. Right. Miami never called the government. And NC State never called the government. The government manufactured this case, called those schools and said, hey, you've been defrauded. And the president, board of trustees, and all these folks who have zero clue or concept of how recruiting actually happens, all they care about is, bottom line, are we winning? And are we generating revenue? So, okay, we've been defrauded. What are they going to say? No, we're part of the crime, too? That's not going to happen. So they nail us to the wall for helping the same folks that asked for it.
0: Now, uh So you're convicted of fraud, conspiracy, and bribery uh, of people that wanted your services again. I go back to that. Like, I, that's, yeah, yes. What percentage of back in the day when all this was going on? What percentage of of like the the I don't know top fifty college basketball
5: programs were cheating? All of them. Hello. Listen, man. When I say Hello. cheating, all of them. <laughs> and, just and different I, and I levels of
1: it, right? Different levels yeah.
5: of cheating. Yeah. yeah that's, that, was my, that was that was my point. My point is no, no, not every school is going to give a kid a bag of cash. No. Mm-hmm. But they may find mom a job that she doesn't have to that she doesn't have to report to. They may find the kid a uh, and the, the kid and his family a home that they don't have to pay the mortgage on. So there's going to be varying levels of breaking rules, but right. all of them. Yeah, yeah.
1: So Merle, nowadays, obviously uh, with nil, I, just what is your thought on the the evolution and how that? has now come to play and, and with, with what you're now going through and all of that, what is your thought on NIL?
5: Well, like I said earlier, you know, there's been no federal legislation passed to allow NIL, but I was convicted of a federal crime for the same things that now NIL allows kids <laughs> and their families to, 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 to operate on. Crazy. First and foremost. Okay. Secondly, NIL is still uh, indentured servitude. I still have to ask you, can I use my name? Can I use my image and can I use my likeness to profit? I have to ask, um, so I think it's a band-aid on the bullet, mm-hmm. and I think that until there is governmental oversight that forces these multi-million dollar relationships and 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 profit centers because that's what they are to to come up with some algorithm or formula for some equitable share of their annual earnings to each of those kids that they have on scholarship, then it won't be fair mm
0: mm-hmm. Merle with a new book, uh, black market An insider's journey into high stakes world of college basketball. He heads to federal prison tomorrow, but today he's on with us.
4: And I, I want, I wanted to say like, so we saw that we saw the picture being painted of you. Merle, you come from a two parent home. Father was a sure. judge or a lawyer. Both, <laughs> both. And you've never been in trouble. No, went to D one, played at Clemson, played under. Oh, yeah, we got to get into this a little bit if we get time. Uh, you played for Rick Barnes, um, for oh, yeah. three years. Yeah, first Cliff years. Ellis, right? Yeah, yeah. Don Don is a Auburn I'm an grad. Auburn grad. Yeah, so, so yeah. Yeah. Cliff.
0: Cliff likes to sing country music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so
4: you got that, like, and then you went on played pro. Mm-hmm. What was your transition like? What do you think it's like now compared to what we see from these kids that? especially black kids coming up in this market and now you've been used up and a lot of times like i was fortunate enough to be able to go back university of tennessee and i know a lot more in my in my situation we're able to go back to tennessee has something in place where you can go back finish your education and get that but a lot of them aren't and a lot of them are not even pushed towards that and a lot of them that are when they go to these schools they go to and let's just throw it out there under, under, underwater basket weaving. Like if you you don't know, you know you walk right. away from your school if you leave with four years played you still may have forty five hours to graduate. Yeah, because you own electives.
5: Because truthfully, all they care about, running, you know this man. They care about keeping you eligible so you That's can put right. that ball in the basket or you can run that ball across the goal line. That's right. what they care about. Right. So, so your your future and your your options for your future aren't really at at, at the center of thought process for them. Right. They need to win games to keep their job, get their new contract. Mm-hmm. And you're the you're the vehicle by which they do those things. I was fortunate. I come from a two-parent home where education was stressed. Mm-hmm. So I went to school and got a marketing degree. Well, like you said, man, most of the guys are athletes when I was in school, their major was Parks recreation and tourism management. Yeah. And if you look at most athletes in some of these schools, it's general studies. It's coaching education. Mm-hmm. It's all these garbage majors to keep them eligible. But we don't talk about that, and we don't talk about it because <laughs> they don't want to admit or acknowledge the fact that that the school's pre- prerequisites are three point five and twelve hundred on the SAT. Well, if you can run that football and dunk a basketball, if you got a two point zero and a seven hundred one, you can get it in. Yeah. And so they're 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 mentally and physically and educationally handicapping these kids when they get there. Mm. And so my transition was a little easier than most. Um, that's not the case for all of these kids. And so that's why there should be some and and again, the percentages of of being a pro are slim. Mm -hmm. So if they don't have a chance to capitalize on their abilities at the college level, there won't be another opportunity to do so.
4: And you were able to see the guy, the likes of some of the players you were involved with when you were in high high stakes in these companies, or Nike, you you talked about it in the book, Anthony Davis, Zion, um, in my class, Carmelo, LeBron, you talked about all those guys signing Chris Bosch, D. Wade. Like you, you, you seen the one of the most interesting stories that I saw in there was uh Pat Beverly and his story. Mm-hmm. You know, that that, mm-hmm. was, that was pretty that was that was pretty cool to see. And I let people, you know, tap into the book and get that that part of it. But what about the ones that don't?
5: That that's yeah. that's the thing. He, well, see again, man. You you talk about um, the kids that don't, and there's more of those kids that don't than do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if we don't if we don't have a system that really tries to educate them on how this business actually works, and not let the you know. And I, I've been called everything from uh, the boogeyman to yeah. <laughs> to uh, 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 an undesirable to corrupt. I've been called all kinds of stuff. I don't care what you call me. I know what I did to help these young men in, 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 through, through their processes. I didn't make any money doing that. I made my salary, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I'm, I'm not going to apologize for helping these young men through, through you know, a parent losing a job. Like, man, I paid for kids x-rays because their parents didn't have insurance. I'm not gonna apologize for that. Right? Yeah, was, was I breaking the rules? Sure I was, I don't care. Did I help a family pay their mortgage? I sure did. Did I help mom go to the doctor for a kid? Yeah, I sure did. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because I expected something in return. It was the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. I had the means to be able to help. Maryland. And if we don't live in a society that, 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 that you know, will continue to continue to do that, man, in a humanistic perspective, then we're we really lost as a people, man.
0: Merle, thank you for sharing your story, man. Um, uh, prayers out for you, bro, and uh, thank you. and uh, thank certainly you. invite people to get the book and, and 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 read some of these stories. And and how, how, we're getting questions.
5: How, how long are you in, and where are you headed? So I don't know how long I'm going to be in. I, I got sentenced to nine months um, um, for for the the various convictions. Mm-hmm. Two for. Be frauding those universities, which is a joke. And then one for bribing coaches, which is another joke. Bribing coaches. Um, But I'll be um, supposed to be in Edgefield, South Carolina. um, And that's where I'll be uh, serving whatever time I have.
0: Well, um, I mean, if you feel if you feel the need to provide provide a little update, we'd love to check in with you. Uh, yeah, as yeah. you're doing your time. And man, when you and, come home yeah. man, you got a platform if I got one. You yeah, better believe
4: it. For sure. We're getting this part two in there, brother. Yeah, we got we I got like to it. hear more. And you going on the boom yeah, boom boom?
5: Yeah. Oh, no, listen man, there's so many stories that, that we have not told. Yeah. So there's certainly more to come, man. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Merle, we appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for
0: having me. Appreciate it, brother. There he is, Merle Code. uh, Black market and insider's journey into the high-stakes world of college basketball. We'll be right back. 3HL 104.5 The Zone. Rob Base, 3HL 104.5 The Zone. If you tuned in during that conversation, want to hear the whole thing, uh, get the 3HL podcast, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe, and uh, check out Merle Code, the conversation with him. I said jam, too. It sucks how interesting that story is because yeah. ultimately he's going to prison.
4: Yeah. And and the, the thing about it, like the picture that was painted of him, you got to see more in the book because we didn't have time to get into it, but no. he played in the golden era of the ACC. When I'm talking about Randolph Childers, like on his team was Harold Tim Dean, Duncan, Tim Duncan, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Stackhouse and she was running the league. You had Travis Best at Georgia Tech. This was the golden era. You know, so it, it's – like this was this was a good dude, still is a good dude. I ain't gonna say was a good dude, but still is a good dude. But just yeah. got railroaded in a sense.
1: Who has a family too, right? Yeah. two kids and yep. a wife and. Yep.
4: And used uh, all of so. And he's gonna be right gone for. And people wondering five like, months. why didn't he? Um, why didn't he appeal it? He did appeal it, and you'll see it in the book. But he used all of the appeals up. Hmm. All of them. got So denied.
0: the other part of that is, if you go into a federal courtroom. Their win rate is 95%. Mm-hmm. Yep. 95%. Yep. You ain't coming out of there innocent. Mm-hmm. And um,
4: a, a little snippet to the book, they wanted someone bigger than him. So the reason Gatto and Dawkins and him uh, initially got railroaded is because they wouldn't wear a wiretap or uh, place a camera in when you're going to talk to these big-time coaches. So it was like, okay, you're not going to help us? Well, we got you then.
0: Eat it. And that's what we are. He's going in tomorrow. Yeah. Mind that's what you. I
1: said. I'm like, I feel yeah. I feel guilty that we're taking 20 minutes of his last day of freedom. Right. Do you know what I mean? Of his last 24 hours. Of his last Less 24, than 24 hours. Before he's heading to prison. 15 hours. I mean, it's not like he hasn't known for a while he's heading to prison, right? I right. understand that. But, jeez.
0: Well, no. I mean, when Slay reached out, like, can we have you on Friday? No, I'm going in jail on Friday. Yeah. A little busy. Yeah. Can we do it Thursday? Sure. Man. Yeah.
4: And like, and with the funny thing about it, though, like you got guys like Jay Billis and everybody that's coming out on every network and saying, this is bogus. <laughs> like, this is bogus. Yeah. Especially for you, you haven't been convicted of a crime. You, I mean, you didn't break any crimes. Like, you got convicted of
0: wire fraud and... But you're defrauding people that are asking you to perform a service for them. i Mayor. You're Mayor. not defrauding somebody that wants something from you. Can you help me, Mayor? <laughs> and yeah, you okay. come and help me. All right, I got yeah. something for you. Yeah. But then you get charged for frauding me right. and bribing me. Mayor, oh, you're man. going
4: to jail. Come on, man.
0: No, it's the other way around. He goes to jail for helping me.
4: Oh, yeah. That's right. right. Yeah, exactly. i to jail. I wanted to exactly. help. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, hey, man. It's wild, man. <laughs> That's right. Liz uh, says, "Interesting, loving this segment. Thank you, Three H L, for shedding light on this topic." Uh, yeah, I mean, y'all get the book, man. Black Market, Black Market, and insider's journey into the high stakes world of college basketball.
1: Is it out? Out?
0: It comes
4: out March twenty twenty two. Okay,
1: I'm like, we we had the gonna pre. Gonna yeah. Look, yeah.
4: March twenty two, three twenty 322, 322. It, It's and, Hey, man. Listen, it's it's some good stories, and I man. people that you, the Zion stories, and uh, Zion was going to Clemson. Done deal. Read the book and you'll see like why. All right. To do big
0: it. Savagery coming up next. Ramon Foster. We'll, talk, we'll dive into this stadium thing, this discussion now uh, towards a new stadium, which I think is going to happen, basically. Uh, so we'll get, we'll get Big Savages. Uh, he went through this in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll talk to Ramon Foster next on 1045 this time.